What is up everyone? Obviously, as you probably noticed, the perimeter has been in hibernation for a little bit. Very excited to announce that Adam will be joining Dan Dickow on a brand new twice a week podcast covering all things Gonzaga basketball, Gonzaga Nation. So follow along on Instagram at Gonzaga Nation SI on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications so you know when each episode drops. Thank you so much again for your patience. We hope to be back for season two of The Perimeter, but until then, here is a preview of the latest episode of Gonzaga Nation with Adam Morrison and Dan Dickow. Welcome to another episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. I'm your host, Adam Morrison, with Dan Dickow. It may sound different because I'm taking the lead on this one a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, um, interesting week uh, for Gonzaga. You know, last week with uh, LMU in Portland, kind of contracting, uh, c- contrasting style, excuse me. What did you think about the LMU strategy early? Because it was a, a reasonable game the first 10 minutes. Well, they've always been, and this goes back to Dunlap and it goes back before him with, I think it was Max Good. They've always been a physical kind of grind it, slow it down opponent. Yes. Stan Johnson, I think, wants to get to the point where he's playing faster. He's playing positionless. Mm -hmm. There's more pick and rolls, but he doesn't necessarily have the depth top to bottom and the skill level top to bottom to compete with Gonzaga. And so when that's the case, you have to look at it like, what's our best chance to stick in the game? And put some doubt in Gonzaga's mind and maybe make it a game going into halftime yeah. where you make an adjustment or two and you can extend that window where maybe you have a chance. And so they did that early. They played they played really slow. They played deep into the shot clock. I, they about, would go at like five. Usually yeah. you go at like eight when the shot clock. They were yeah. going at five. They were. Yeah, you're exactly right. They'd run like some dribble handoff actions mm-hmm. or just, you know, dummy actions where they weren't really looking to score on a pick and roll. It was just to kind of move the defense. But when you don't have as much talent and you're playing deep into the clock, I think you're putting your own players in a disadvantage because now you're, you're trying to create something out of nothing when the defense is probably, if you're a good defensive team, like Gonzaga is becoming, you get even more locked in. And you're already and you're already the in the clock. you're already in the right spots. Yeah, you're you in the right I mean? spots. Yes, and especially at the first half, I think this is always overlooked. In the first half, you have your bench in front of your defense, yeah. So you can call actions calls, out. Yeah, it's true. You know, that being said, though, I think Stan Johnson is doing a nice job. Um, yeah, they play hard. Yeah, they play hard, but nothing against Eli Scott. I just they're going to be better when he's gone. Like he, he puts up numbers, but to me, they're not impactful numbers to like win a basketball game. They're like, Hey, I had 22 and nine and I did what I needed. Well, plus minus or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's been there forever. He's been a tough matchup uh, for a lot of teams because he's an undersized four that can step out. Yeah. Doesn't shoot a great from three, but he's got a great drive game and then he's crafty around the rim. But once he gets downhill, he doesn't like to pass or just not capable of it. Or I don't know how, how to put it without throwing him under the bus, but it's just not his strength. Yeah. So a lot of teams will just say, okay, load up on his side. And then if he gets in a bind or if he's trying to get his numbers, he's going to put up, you know, tough contested 
twos. And then if you can clear the rebound, you can get out and run against them. So I, I was interested too on the strategy. I understand it personnel wise, but when you go so late in the shot clock, I, I think it's hard. I think mm-hmm. you put your guys out of bind that are not bad players or division one players and they have a winning record. So, but it makes it tougher, like a Quintana, to yeah. try to break somebody down, especially against Andrew Nemhard or Rasheer Bolton, or even on our switch packages with like a, you know an oversized big. Uh, compared to him, like Anton can move his feet for two, three dribbles. Um, so I always wondered, you know, how you come to that decision as a coach, because I know that Stan Johnson wants to play fast, like you said, mm-hmm. but then it's like. Do I really want to get in a track meet? And then look what happened to Pepperdine when they tried to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? But well, then- here's the question I guess I would have for you is like when you when you were playing mm-hmm. and a coach completely changed the, the style, like are you you start looking over your shoulder. Say you take a, a three that normally would be a good three with 15 on the clock. Yeah. You start looking over your shoulder. Yeah. That's hard to do. Well, and and then I think sometimes it tells, you're telling your team that I don't think you guys can play with these guys. Yeah. But also like as a player, you have to have an ego, you know, your ego has got to be checked a little bit to allow your coach to make adjustments. But if you're trying to play fast and all of a sudden like, Hey, we're going to literally walk it up the floor. It makes it really difficult because every possession matters so much more. And I think, what was good that LMU did in that first 10 minutes of the first half was Gonzaga never got to the free throw line so they could never yeah. 30 press. So then once we, that our one, two, two press. So we couldn't get up and try to extend the game or quicken the game up a little bit. So, you know, I was just interested what your thoughts, cause you were at the game and covering the game as well as when you see that. And I totally understand it. I just don't understand, you know, playing devil's advocate, like San Francisco went to a one, one, two, two zone in the half court and it worked for mm-hmm. a while. Right. Yeah. Why didn't anybody else try it? What are no, your that's thoughts a, on that? I mean, I, I think the, I think the hard part is though, is you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You don't want to be too gimmicky to your players to make them think yeah. that, Hey, everything we've done conceptually and kind of culturally to, to be good this year, we got to throw it all out the window to compete against this one True. team. So that's tough. But I do know it. I, I agree with you, and to a certain extent, like, what about a triangle and two at some point? Yeah. Or I, I, boxing I don't one know. even like you boxing one, maybe Timmy. Yeah, even though he can post up, but then you sandwich on both sides. And yeah, you you kind of you know take your pick on the three point shooters, and we're going to get into the Portland game and where they made a lot of threes, but also like I like trying just trying something yeah. different, and then sometimes you can get in guys' heads when they get. We've talked about this a little bit. And I know it sounds funny, but you get like wide open looks. Like They're hard on the first side, and when you're like, "Oh God, I cannot shoot this," but this might be the best look, and you start mm-hmm. missing three or four of that, and then Fuey gets on your tail, and then yeah. it's helping you. So uh, yeah, I'm always like, "Hey man, stop going under on the ball screens every single time mm-hmm. after a guy makes it. Go over, trap, uh, pre rotate. You you know that term. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pre rotate yeah. with your bigs." And then make them throw that skip pass in the corner, make a guy make a corner three, stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, though. Let me get it that way. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a Division One basketball coach. And it's fun, coach. too. <laughs> it is fun. Um, but it, it, sometimes I just, you know, I'm sitting there calling the games. And, and I honestly want the league to be good. And it's better this year with USF, um, ourselves, BYU, and uh, who am I? St. Mary's, yeah. right? Yeah. 
but I want these other programs to like give us better games. And yeah. it's not just like a pity thing, but it's more fun to call and it's better for them, their elevation of recruiting and stuff like that. So I'm always just like, man, I would just maybe try pressing us and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, us. speed us up. Soft press us. I yeah. think Tarleton did that. The soft press. And then and once then, you got in the half court, what did they, I think they, they fronted fr- Timmy. They, they, they switched and then fronted it with the backside. Yeah. And so then it made it like when it was earlier in the season, but when Chet was catching that high, high low, he was wasn't like, shooting it then like he is now. Very true. Changes the complexion. But also like he's going, man, there's a six, one guy on him. I better throw <laughs> yeah. it to him. And, but there's weak side help. So, you know, again, we're not throwing Stan Johnson under the bus. I, I understand the philosophy, but I think, you know, as the game progresses and you start working deep and deep into that shot clock, it makes it really tough, especially like a guy, Quintana, yeah. who's shooting 45% from three, was averaging 13, 14 points. I mean, every look he got was at the end of the clock and guys just... Yeah, but especially for a guy like that, you say he's shooting like 45%. Why wouldn't you want him, maybe just that instance, hey, you need to take 16 threes today. Tonight, yes. Because if you hit 10, we got a chance. We got a chance. No, I totally agree with that. We, we did that... It was, you know, a long time ago before the three-point shot is what it is now, but they told Derek Ravi to shoot 10 again Mm -hmm. because it was just a normal jump shot to him. Yeah, You know, back then, oh, my God, but, like, a player like that, like, yeah, man, like, 15 of them. Like, don't make them bad, but, like, 12 of them need to be good and maybe three bad ones. But if you get rolling, you know, it's going to space the floor and and things like that. But on to the next game that we we covered was the Portland game. And with a little local flair (laughs) – with Shantae Liggins from Flair, Eastern. Yes. Yeah, it was a little bit flair. Game got a little bit chippy. And, you know, I, as I was watching the game, I kind of got a little bit upset, not just being a broadcaster and being a homer, but I was just, I, I, I thought it got to the edge a little bit. And then it almost crossed that line of being, guys are going to get hurt or we're doing, doing the tough guy stuff yeah. a little bit too far you know, with a score out of balance. And I know the counter argument of that is like, you always play hard every day. Okay. But there's kind of an unwritten code on certain things. What was your thoughts on it? Well, you know, you're not the only person that said that, Yes, you know, I, I wasn't at the game. I was calling a different game, but I watched uh, the game when I got home um, yesterday and it was a very physical game. Yeah. There were a number of plays that were kind of gr- crossing the line. The one that jumps out quickly to me was Strother gets ahead on the yes. on kind of like break. a breakaway and mm-hmm. gets pushed in the back. It could have been bad. Luckily, he didn't get hurt. But it's kind of that fine line, as you mentioned. Yeah. Like, unwritten code, you don't push a guy in the back. No. And a lot of that happens in college basketball because, unfortunately – the difference between pros and NBA, one of the things in the in the college game is always, oh, we play hard. Yeah. Well, you, shouldn't you play hard anyways? That shouldn't be like an added mantra to what your program's all about. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times younger players at the college level get all juiced up to play that way, especially against a big opponent like Gonzaga. It's a chance to put that play hard foot forward in yes. front for their coach who's it, probably been preaching it all week and a new coach, new system. Yeah. Throw that, 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 that adds to it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, Shantae's a really good coach. I think he's done some nice things in Portland, his first stretch. He's got a ways to go, but that's because of how bad Portland's been. Yeah. They have a, uh, I think they had 14 new guys on the roster. Yeah. Not a single returning it's player. Crazy, it's so. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But with that, you you set the hey 
14 guys are trying to vie for minutes. Yeah. It's not like we have anybody returning that's just pegged for yeah. 30 minutes. So you have to like never take a playoff. You have that's to just, just literally play as hard as you can every Non-stop. possession or coach is going to be like, Nope, oh, you're let's go. We're next guy Yeah, where it's different. Like you look at Gonzaga this year coming in. Well, Timmy's starting. Anton might not start, but he's still going to play 20 to 25 minutes a game. Nemhart, you're going to start and play 30. So you only have a a small window of minutes you're competing for. With with a program like Portland, guys are still trying to earn minutes and earn their place in the program moving forward. So I think that had something to do with it. But I know um, you, you definitely weren't the only person to say it got a little chippy at times. Well, there was the Strother play that kind of set the tone for that, the, the, how the game went physicality-wise. And then it, there was a pull-down foul on, I think, their big kid, number 15, Nduku, or I, I, something along those lines. And right when it went down, the ref goes, he was looking at it, so he saw it right away, Yeah, gave it to him. And then there was a, a play with him later where Strother got a loose ball and he got tied up, jump ball, and then he came over and it looked like he didn't mean to, but need him in the back of the head. So then that kind of ticked off our bench. <laughs> and I don't think the kid meant it because I was trying to decipher on air. I was like, man, I if he did do it on, pers- on, per- on purpose, yeah. it was crafty because it didn't look like it. So I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But then there was like three plays later, he catches the ball at the high high post and he slaps uh, Chad Holmgren's hand away. And it should have been, you know, that's an automatic offense foul, you know, yeah. one of these. And so Chet gets into him and slaps the ball away. And, and so they both dive, but the ball squirts away from him. And Chet gave him one of these in the back of the head. And yeah. it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. And I was kind of like, look, I never want to, especially on air. And we learned this from that together. Who was that cat that did that? Uh, Miami football. You don't come to our house and we'll kick you in the mouth. Like you never say that. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's yeah. not right. They're, they're, they're amateurs. And like, but like, it was kind of like, yeah, Chet, like he kind of got that guy back. It wasn't that malicious, but like, you know, when you can yeah. kind of dive and you shoulder a guy on purpose and you're like, Oh my bad, man. Sorry about that. But you, you meant to do it or land on his wrist or something. Oh, like I didn't know that drill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying to survive, especially a guy like Chet. That's always guys are trying to test him and stuff just because of his body type. Um, it got testy. And then, and you know, I, I mentioned it on air Fuey left his guys in with like two minutes to go too. And I think that was a message to that Portland team. Like you're not going to get 10 points back for yeah. know, putting there end of the bench, but like I'm keeping my guys in if you're going to keep doing this. Like, so he kept them in. <laughs> um, we're we're going to get to a triple digits. We're just going to put you in your place kind of deal. Yeah. Like we're, you're not getting 10 points back and nothing yeah. against, but against our, keep your guys in and put our end of the bench guys. Yeah. in. And so it, it was kind of interesting. And then strategy wise for Portland, I mean, Gonzaga shot 41 threes, whereas 18 to 41 broke the record for McCarthy Center. I believe it's the all-time record for uh, Gonzaga uh, threes made. I was perplexed by their strategy as well. You watch the game like they were going underneath ball screens again to start the game. I just don't understand that strategy as, as from a, an opposing coach. And I, look, I could sit here and say, oh, you just go over you know, but then it's like, okay, they go over and then the, maybe knife in the key and then kick yeah. out. So I understand that. But like, those are workout shots. Like you, yeah, you play like guys go under you. You're like, thank you, man. Like I yeah. can step, I can do one of these. Yeah. And the, the, the pick and roll when defenders go under, mm-hmm. that's a different than 
the horse shots that we've talked about yeah. where you're just standing there because yes. you're waiting on the ball to come yes. and you see it the whole you time. You get rhythm into your dribble. Yes, yeah, exactly. you get the rhythm into the dribble and you can kind of manipulate the timing of, of when you come off and manipulate the footwork into the shot. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, you want to force, if that's your game plan, force them to shoot threes, yeah. right? But you can't have a steady diet of the same exact thing. Very good point. And we've talked about how would you play Gonzaga at different points. And I'm not saying I would do this against Gonzaga, but if I were a college coach, I would do this more times than not on a side pick and roll. I would force everything down. Ice it. Ice it. Yeah. Some people call it ice. Some people call it down it. Some people call it uh, blue. Um, It's where you just, you take away the screen. Mm -hmm. You don't let the ball handler come off the pick and roll. Texas tech kind of does it as well as anybody else I've seen. They just force that, deep corner. That's the only place you're going. Uh, and then at the top of the key, I would force everything regardless, right hand or left handed. Everything's going left. The strong side. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And really because we, when you don't allow a ball handler to come off a screen and manipulate it by timing, by flipping yeah. it, by pausing at the point of the screen, you're giving them, you're, you're taking away so many options yes. and you're taking away the creativity, the skill set of your guard of yes. an Andrew Nemhart, because yeah. what we've seen is he's one of the best, if not the best pick and roll player in college basketball this mm-hmm. year. Like he's half the time, he's not even looking to score coming off a of pick and roll. Now I think he needs to look to score more to come off of yeah. the pick and roll, but he's like literally just timing it. Like, Oh, I'm going to stretch this big three more feet. And then i Pocket pass pocket to pass Timmy, or, or I throw it over the top, or yeah, that swivel pass that Gonzaga guards have become so good at mm-hmm. um, to take advantage of a possible trap that's coming their way. Yeah, I mean, it, the underneath steady diet, you're going to get beat. I, I agree. I mean, because I was saying on the radio, like normally when you see 41 three attempts, obviously we made 18, we're like, man, that bad shot selection, or, you know, that's the first thing that pops to, it pops to your mind. I'm like, man, there was probably only three bad ones. So like 38 yeah. of them were yeah. just how the game presented itself. And they were all good shots and rhythm. Obviously they knocked them down. And I mean, I, look again, we understand, you know, some of the personnel gaps that other teams have against us. So you're trying different things, but I just, I sit there and I go, I'd rather have Andrew Nemhard or Rashir Bolton shoot 15 footer contesteds mm-hmm. by going over the top and center fielding and, hoping your guard can get through. Yeah. Um, or like you said, icing is, is uh, or, you know, downing the side ball screen is different. I think you got to have rim protection on the backside for it to work. We used to do it in LA and I know that's a different world, but we Who's had Pau Gasol Pau and yeah, Andrew one Bynum of the best and Andrew Bynum. Yeah. Okay. So like I get it, but like if you're solid and you can, uh, you know, practice it, like you mentioned Texas tech, like it's so hard because it baits you into taking 15 footers on the yeah. baseline side that are look like good shots, but a lot of times guys don't work on them, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And you have to have guys that can make that skip pass, break it down and then fire it to the corner. Yeah. And then you got to be able to make that shot or, or drive against momentum. But again, it's, it was just such a weird game, how it was so chippy. And then you look down and you're like, Oh my God, we broke the, three-point record you know we had 10 i think in the first half like the tacos chant was going two minutes to go in the first half so um i just wanted to get your thoughts on it because i know you know shante a little bit he's a good coach he got eastern to the ncaa tournament and and rightfully so not a knock on them but they voted they almost killed their whole sports program so he got the heck out of dodge yeah get it so like people some people around town were 
why would you do that? And you have the Groves brothers going back who ended up going to Oklahoma. I'm like, dude, they just almost voted to kill sports. Like all sports, all of them. So yes. like self-preservation is okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I can't really hate the guy for that, but uh, yeah, it was an interesting weekend. You know, we got a, a tougher weekend coming up um, with USD who's playing good. I think six and three right now in league. And then uh, BYU is always good. They've had some tough, weird losses though. Yeah. What about, I mean, they're going to the Big 12, right? And they're making this huge deal about it. Kind of like when they came to the WCC, they made a big deal like, mm-hmm. well, we're going to challenge Gonzaga for titles every year. Yeah. I don't think they've won an outright one since they've been there. They haven't. No. You know, no. they're a good team, but let's yeah, let's keep this true. Gonzaga's continued to dominate this league mm-hmm. and extend the gap between everybody. But those, those two losses were not good. No. Santa Clara is better than their record indicates because Vrankic lost, but then Pacific. Yeah. That, that's not a good loss. No. And especially I think Pacific was up 15 at one point or something like 13 or 15. So like yeah. the game was in, it, it was in hand for Pacific the whole time, even though they pulled it out and it, it got tight, but it was like, you guys aren't playing very good and you're supposed to be moving to one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Now we're not sitting here and just browbeating BYU. No, not at all. But, but like also it's like, hey man, that's a big jump. Obviously it's a little bit of a loss for the West Coast Conference in my opinion because, you know, their brand is good. They're always a, a NCAA tournament team. I think Mark Pope is a good coach. But again, you get into a conference where, you know, your bottom five are, are better than yeah. our bottom five. Yeah. Right. That's not a, and you're, you're typically your top five or can are possible second weekend teams. Yeah. Right. In the NCAA tournament. And this year in the big 12, Texas tech, Baylor, Iowa state was ranked top eight at some point. Yeah. How do you forget Kansas? Yeah. yeah, No, that's what I'm saying. Kansas is good. It's like, you can, you could forget about good teams. That's just, it's going to be an interesting deal for them. I mean, I understand the football aspect of it because they, you know, they've, we're not a football podcast, but they've been good for the last five, six years. So then getting into a conference, not being independent, that's yeah. a lot of dollars. Yeah. And it's a big market. And that's for that, for that conference to be like, who look at this Salt Lake city region that we can get. Yeah. For sure. Watching our games. Yeah. Awesome. But basketball wise, God, you know, God bless them. I hope they do well, but it's going to be a tough road in my opinion. Um, just because of the, how well the big 12 is. Yeah, but I I will agree. Mark Pope is a great coach. I mean, yeah, absolutely. he did he did tremendous things at Utah Valley before he came mm-hmm. to BYU. Um, they have had some injuries this year, to be fair. But yeah, the kid, the yeah, the the big kid, the big, uh, uh, Harward, kid, yeah. and then the other one, uh, Baxter. I think yeah. is what it was. And those they would have been twenty to thirty minute guys. Yeah. So no, that's fair. Well, uh, that wraps up. How did I do as the lead? It was here? good. So, you know, when I lead dance, you know, and, and lead, it's a little better. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, it's a, it's a nice thing to have where. Well, we got to pick your brain. That's the point. It's yeah. like you're an NBA player. Uh, your jersey's going to get retired at Gonzaga. So, like, let's just pick your brain instead of mine, right? Let's do it. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, you're going to lead uh, the second show release of this week. Yeah. Absolutely. And then from here on out, really, we'll have back and forth shows throughout. Question. Hmm. Who would be your favorite guest that we could bring on where the both of us could sit down and just really ask a ton of questions? Gonzaga related? Well, that's a good question. Joe Burrow right now, like if I was being honest. But no, I mean, Gonzaga related, 
we can, there's a lot of guys I'd like to have John on just cause John's uh, an awesome character Yeah, and his brain is, is beyond our capacity yeah. basketball wise. I mean, you've sat with him before and you're just like, wait a second, you saw that, you know what I yeah. mean? You're like, that isn't okay. You're a savant. I'm just an idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, well, there's levels we've talked about. There's levels to knowing the game. Yeah. Like I think, you know, we're here. Mm-hmm. NBA all-stars are here. Mm-hmm. And John Stockton levels here. It's, I mean, it, you're right. He sees things that we would never yeah. even think of. No, it's, it's, I, I've gone, you've probably gone to his workouts too. And then it's him talking about pocket passes off pick and rolls and, and the spin and all this stuff. I was like, what? Like I never <laughs> even thought of that. And it was so true. Like a guy's cutting this way, defenders barely in front of him. You got to put backspin. So it drops back to him so he can catch it on this side of the rim. You're like, I just threw it to the guy and just hope yeah. you catch it, man. And like, figure it out after you catch it. But, um, yeah, no, let's, uh, you know, the one I want to have, who I think this would be a great one. You and I've talked with him at length many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Phil McCarthy. Oh, Phil would be great. Actually. He has more basketball stories, not just Gonzaga related, but like Larry bird versus magic Johnson in the NCAA tournament in Salt Mm -hmm. Lake city was 79 or whatever. Yeah. We got to have him on it. Phil would be great. Uh, yeah, Phil's a, a fun character to hang out with too. I've we usually do once a year in Salt Lake. He invites us. He's got an office downtown, and it's uh, a lot of a lot of cocktails going around <laughs> yes. and a lot of whiskey, and it's it's a good time because he has stories that uh, you know that go from way back, and then he's obviously knowledgeable and knows the game. McCarthy Athletic Center. Yes. for trying to make the connection for people listening. So huge uh, Gonzaga fan, but uh, you know, just a basketball fan yeah. in general, and just a good person too as well. So it's always fun to sit down with him and walk out of there at 4 a.m. Like, Oh man, this flight home is <laughs> my flight's in good three hours. Yeah, it's like, it's like, All right. <laughs> oh, hope they don't smell me when I get on the plane. <laughs> all right. That was uh, our latest episode, Gonzaga nation SI. Check us out on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify. What else are we on YouTube, YouTube, uh, wherever you find them, just yep. <laughs> we'll get them on there. All right. Thank you.